Summer 2021, we continue the filibuster freestyle, taking its sweet time between podcast episodes. Is what it is, folks. Finally, Red Sox trade deadline talk. It's actually good we waited a little bit because some serious things have been going on with the Red Sox in the last seven, eight days anyway. But Andrew Patterson, Jeremy Johnson, Coast to Coast podcast coming your way. As I said, filibuster freestyle, a.k.a. filibusterfreestyle.com. Rate, review, subscribe to podcasts. We still appreciate when you do that. Theme song coming. Bringing the boys to talk some Red Sox right after that. Filibuster, filibuster freestyle. Filibuster, filibuster Watch freestyle. Watch out for the filibuster. Filibuster. Freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. It's the filibuster freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. Ladies and gents, here they are from coast to coast. Andrew Patterson, and live from the Subaru sound booth, Jeremy Johnson. Let's start with LAFC superfan Jeremy Johnson. JJ, how are things out west? Things are pretty good. They they feel um, they feel about as normal as can get, even though this Delta thing seems to be uh, bumping into my uh, social circles left and right. But um, other than that, it's just like work, sleep, go back to work, be dad. Pretty much the same as can be, and it's and it's pizza night tonight for a man cook good. I heard you tell your daughter that when she came home a few minutes ago. So what are we making for pizza tonight, real quick? Uh, we're going to do uh, a traditional uh, cheese pizza for the little one to enjoy the most, and then I've got some. Uh, I'm going to do like a salami and shallot pizza. Well, um, based on what I got in the fridge. Well, pizza night's great because we do on Fridays we do a movie and pizza because by the end of the week on Friday we're just like everybody's crashing into the wall so it's like let's just limp our way to uh, daughter bedtime and um, make it as easy as possible. I like that, and this is not kitchen quarantine; it's a little mini kitchen quarantine from Man Cook Good. So everybody, make sure you're always subscribing to at Man Cook Good. You can see everything JJ makes, including. The Friday night pizza fiestas. Andrew Patterson, what's going on with your dinner plans tonight before we get into the Red Sox? Anything? Well, um, you know, I'm having uh, about the same summer uh, I do every year as an unmedicated and, for all intents and purposes, unemployed ADHD person. (laughs) Um, Does that mean a lot of exciting stuff has been going on? It does not. It just means my brain can't comprehend anything that has been happening. So, I don't know. It's, uh... I'm good. All right. Well, that's great. Well, it's been too long since you've both been on the pod. Um, you know, when Red Sox season started, I feel like we were still kind of feeling out society a little bit more because the, the, the vaccinations were still very much rolling out then. And here we are in August. And obviously, there's a lot going on. JJ mentioned the Delta virus, or variant, excuse me, and all that. But how about the fact that when we were supposed to do this podcast like eight, nine days ago, the Red Sox were an absolute juggernaut, and we'll get into whether or not they still have the ability to be a juggernaut, but they've actually given us a lot of different derivative directions to go tonight over the last week, so I'm kind of glad we waited. Let me ask you guys this question, and anybody can take it first who wants. So the Red Sox, they were chugging along, doing their thing. They didn't make any moves. They've got Chris Sale coming back, and Chain Boom Bloom, who's a great guy, smart guy. He decided to give the press exactly what he was thinking, which is we're not going to go all in on this year because then you're going to do what Dombrowski did essentially. He didn't name names. And don't you want to do kind of what the Dodgers did and be good every year? And that's great. 
But what he should have said, in my opinion, out loud, and love your thoughts on it, is we think we've got the guys we need in the clubhouse right now, and we're bringing in Chris Sale. That's our effing acquisition. And not made the guys think about, well, I would go all in if it wouldn't screw up my bullpen for the next four years. I'm sorry, my farm system for the next four years. Did he need to say that out loud? Did the Red Sox players need to hear that? Did that kind of crumble? Did that put a turd in the secret sauce that was the beginning of this season? Who wants that one? Well, there's a lot of layers to that question. I, I mean, know, that's why I threw it up there. Ways to go in. But, I, I mean, just strictly speaking from, and again, none of us are really major league baseball players, but speaking from what I can only, I, I would say, assume is I don't think the clubhouse cares. Okay. I mean, the clubhouse is all they need you to hear. All they need to hear is we got the guys to go in. We think we have the guys to go in. Boom. Nobody's that's- like, because what's the other option? They're going to trade you out. Or they're going to say, so... I don't think that has an impact on the clubhouse. And if it does, well, then that's not a winning clubhouse anyway. Correct. So I, I think you, you negate that part of it. Okay. So um, J- what you have to say to the fan base, I don't know. JJ. Yeah. JJ, your thoughts? Well, yeah. I, I like the, the the statement is if that affects the clubhouse, then you'd have a winning clubhouse anyway. I think that um, this uh, sentiment in the media where the guys are playing like hell because they, you know, the front office has said that they're not good enough to win is absolute nonsense. What the Red Sox were is a team playing above their heads and uh, to be fair, getting lucky. You don't have that many come from behind wins and that low of a run differential and that many wins without being uh, the you know, on the good side of luck. Now, that doesn't mean that they don't have skill. It doesn't mean that they aren't, like, deserving their hits and, and, and their strikeouts, but, like, they've been fortunate. And from the very beginning, they've had problems. Mm-hmm. And those problems all came together at the same time. And it's a really, really unfortunate and also uh, interesting timing because it's right around when the management did not really go all in, so to speak, on the trade deadline. But you know the fans whatever the fans are gonna go whatever like if the Red Sox win nine to one tonight the fans are gonna be excited and think that we're gonna turn this thing around if they lose you know the next three games in a row then the you know they're gonna ruin my summer they're ruining my summer brother (laughs) you can't go with the daily reaction of the fans you gotta just do your job well and hope that it all comes out in the wash yep it's a 162-game season, and honestly, when the Red Sox were playing very well at the beginning of the year, do you know who was playing even more out of their minds? It was the Rays. And then the Red Sox were able to keep it rolling, and the Rays kind of came back to earth. It is fair to say that maybe, you know, I think they're 14 and 16 in the month of July slash bleeding into August here. Okay, so they're basically playing 500 baseball. I mean, the year they won, I think in 04, whatever year it was, maybe it was 07, I can't remember which year now, they were basically a 500 team until August 1st, and then they took off. So you can slug it out playing 500 ball for, for six to eight weeks if you don't screw up the rest of your season. I mean, are you guys still bullish on this thing being potentially special? So, you know what, Gavin, if you went back and listened to the podcast the three of us did at the beginning of the season, I think the overwhelming thought was, this is going to be a fun year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has been a very fun year so far. This has the potential to be, uh, the remain the remainder of this year has the potential to be a, a lot of fun. I mean, I think it's going to be a fun season. Uh, I, I agree with their tactic at the trading deadline. I also think that um, 
they didn't really have much of a choice. I mean, that's the position they're left in. Mm-hmm. Is they don't. I mean, yeah, it would be great to have all these pieces and trade, but you don't have the pieces to trade. Correct. You know, their their system is not deep enough to make these trades. So they are forced into into making that choice. I, I think it was the right one. The only thing that I question um, is why you're bringing uh, Schwarber in and not Rizzo. Rizzo made. A lot more sense. But as for the rest of the season, I mean, I don't think there's any reason to think they're not a playoff team. Yeah, that's fair. For sure. And again, here's the problem. Here's the problem with the trade deadline. Like, you can get Rizzo and Farber. The Yankees did not give up much, much for Rizzo. You missed an opportunity to bring in a guy with the last name of Rizzo into the Boston fan pantheon. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, he drafted him. I, I, like, this is, it was such, it, it, like, our, our first baseman cannot hit baseballs with a uh, bat. It's, it's a problem, okay? This, this yeah. is admittedly a problem. So what we do is we go out and we get a guy who looked like Babe Ruth for two weeks and then pulled his hammy, but plays the outfield. And never played so, a game of first base in his life. Yeah, and then of course you know the 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 poor job uh, sports media is like, well, he played a game at, at first. Uh, yeah, he played actually an inning, and it was like, I mean, come on, what are we talking about? Now yeah. the guy's going to learn first. Or you think he's going to be playing first base in a playoff game? Right? Are you kidding me? Who's the defensive replacement? That's why. People yeah, I mean, are you don't irritated. have one. We don't have yeah. like there was no like intelligent design to the trade deadline. It's like let's get another bat. We can work the guys around in the outfield, and we're going to keep sorting it out at first. I, I mean, I guess if, if Dalbeck's your biggest problem in the lineup, but then they trade Chavis, and he was playing some first at, at a reasonable level uh, last year specifically. Like, I mean, yeah. it, it just yeah, kind of comes me out. Up until now, High and Bloom has really kind of pitched a perfect game in the way he's handled that job. And it just feels like a missed opportunity to not, like, really go all in on a rental, but, like, fill an obvious, obvious hole. Yeah. Yeah. I was stunned Rizzo wasn't brought in. Yeah. It just it made all the sense. It was the first thing that you looked at, and I think is going to end up looking like a clear mess. Correct. So yeah. who do we – I mean – Number one, I, I I think that they're they're gonna play better than 500 ball, likely sooner than later. Um, who are we worried about? I mean, so for instance, the wild card piece, if I'm not mistaken, is now if you don't win your division, you play a one game playoff, right? Um, uh, the top wild card team is in. Yeah. And then two more play a playoff. Is that how it works? The okay. top the top two are in. And then there's like a play-in thing. Got right? it. Okay. Because what I don't want is for them to be in a one-game season because with the pitching as – again, like the last thing you want to do, let's say Chris Sale comes back and he's Chris Sale 2018 Chris Sale, right? Playoffs Chris Sale. The last thing you want to do is blow him in your one-game playoff because the rest of these guys really trick-or-treat. Am I right in saying that? Uh uh, I think it's a correct, it's, it's a true statement, but I also think, I mean, I mean, it's looking long down the line, but if they're going into the playoffs pitching like that, you're, Chris Sale is not going to single-handedly win you 
win you games. You're going to need the bullpen too. I mean, this is going to be, if they go for a long run in the playoffs this year, it's got to be the bullpen. Mm. The bullpen's got to click on every level. So as to if you're starting Chris Sale, yeah, maybe kind of a waste in that one game playoff. Of course, you want to avoid that. But I don't know if that's a playoff killer. Okay. JJ? You've got to get to the bullpen. And this is how they were winning in the beginning of the season. And it's why it looked like, you know, genius ball. Because the starting pitching was inadequate and mediocre, largely at best. Yet, they only had to get five innings into the game. And then Cora could trot out one of, like, you know, eight or nine guys that can throw the baseball well. And he was, you know, successful mixing and matching and everything. But they hit the wall. They ran out of gas. And now it's time to regroup and to see who they are. But, like, you're not going to go far in the playoffs if you don't have a staff that can go more than four or five innings at a time. And right now we've got Ivaldi and we've got Sale. Sale is a question mark, even though we all really believe in him, I would guess. Yeah. Uh, Erod is just crumbled. Yes. Garrett Richards needs to be in the bullpen and, you know, have Sale come up and take his place. Uh, Perez, as much as I appreciate him with this quote from the beginning of the season, like, it was inspiring, but he forgot. The thing is, like, he sucks. (laughs) Yeah. At his best, he's like the guy in Major League who's got the Vaseline on the ball. It's like Dorn. Throwing just Roger Dorn. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That's the third baseman. Anyway, I got you. But look, Dad, Harris. you said um, you, can't, you can't do this winning 500 ball the rest of the way. Yes, you can. If they play 500 ball the rest of the way, they win 95 games. Yeah. Oh, no. I just said that. I just said I didn't think they were. If they, yeah. like, Win ninety five games in the season. That's a successful season. Oh, hundred percent. I meant that. I meant that. I don't think they're gonna play five hundred ball the rest of the way. Like, I think they'll they'll snap out of it and maybe play five fifty ball. And but to your point, they've had a run in the first three months of the season that puts them in a position where they can play five hundred ball and win ninety five mm-hmm. games. And I totally agree that even if they do play five hundred ball, ninety five wins is a great season. You know, especially for a team that was friggin' awful last year. Yeah. I think what you have to remember is this: it, to make the playoffs with this team is a successful year. Sure, agree. It's a successful year, and you can. Get, and it's fun to get caught up in those moments, and it's fun to. And I'm not saying give up on the season, or I'm not saying like I don't want to see them win it. It's like fun to get caught up in these moments, and it's like disappointing when they when they go on these losing streaks. But overall, I mean, unless they really tank. This is this is not a bad season. Correct. This is a good season. This has been a good season of baseball. Yeah. And you know what? They're enjoyable guys too. These are guys like you said, Martin Perez. Like he sucks. <laughs> you still like rooting for him. There's like who, the most unlikable guy on this team is Garrett Richards. Yeah. <laughs> He's the worst. He's the worst. With the, the ice and the jacket and the uh, the. Like, Oh my god! Yeah. And the time my hand That's why I started. Like, yeah. you know, he's like, 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 like you read the wrong part of the David Price book, and he came in and like right. He's just. Yeah. I mean, it, the problem is one of those guys should be your fifth starter, and unfortunately, yep. they're like the third and fourth starter. Right. So, so we just don't have that a, depth. That's a problem. Yeah. Right. So let me ask you guys this. This is a little bit of a tangent outside of the Sox, but I want to get your take as Boston sports fans. So do you think P- 
people are pressing. You know, so Boston enjoyed this unbelievable run. We all know it. We all grew up in a very frustrating sports fan time in Boston. And then, you know, the Patriots broke through in 01. The rest is history. Now Tom Brady's literally brought the magic to Tampa Bay. Uh, Mookie Betts has brought the magic to L.A. Do you think folks are pressing because, like, they know the Patriots are a pipe dream this year. They know the Celtics are going to stink. They know the Bruins. They, you know, it, hockey's such a sport of luck in the playoffs. You need health. You need your goalie to be hot. You need the puck to bounce the right way. Do you think folks are pressing like they're really worried we're going to get back in the doldrums? Is that why people are kind of freaking out here over a week-long stretch for the Sox? You know what? I think right now in Boston, there is a distinct difference between your older sports fans and your younger sports fans, mm, right? I mean, even if you look at who is, if you think of the number one Red Sox, and regardless of what you think of him, a lot of people nowadays are going to come up with Corrales, Joe Corrales. Yep, yep. He is almost unfailingly positive. And I think just, and he's not that much younger, he's maybe 10 years younger than us. Yep. Not even. I don't even think he's even 10 years younger than us. Um, but there's this divide, and I think the younger portion of these fan bases are, are have had the wins, and they're more, they, they've got a more positive outlook than the uh, hardened Gen Xers and older among us. Got it. Okay. So maybe generationally I'm dealing with a lot more folks who have the, the glasses half empty. JJ, what's Red Sox West thinking about this? Or Boston sports fan West thinking about this? You know, I think that is such a big deal because it coincided with the trading deadline. Yes. And I think it's such a big deal because all the problems that we all secretly knew that this team had when they were winning are all the reasons why they're losing. Now, mm. granted, if the guys were hitting like they normally do, um, they'd be winning some games 6-4, to 7-5. Yeah. to five. So this streak might not feel as bad, but like, it just like I'm afraid at what they're going to look like when Sale and Schwarber are active members of the roster. I mean, they they're, they're sinking like a stone, and it's a concern. And now Duran's like in, you know, Grant Duran isn't ready yet anyway, but like he's in COVID protocols because he's got like cold symptoms. So like, what are, what's about to happen to this roster health wise? We don't know. Generally cold spread, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. They could very easily lose like six out of the next ten and be in third or fourth place in an instant. If they were in another division, then it would, you wouldn't have this feeling of like hanging on by your fingernails. But they played at their their absolute above their head for several months, and they were still just a, one series, one bad series against the Rays away from falling to second place. Yeah. And now they've got, like, nine more games against the Rays. They've still got, like, a half a dozen games against the Yankees. They've, you know, the, the Blue Jays, I think they've got about half of their games left against them. This thing could this thing could drop like a rock, and we all understand it. Now, maybe it doesn't. Maybe they, they just manage to keep their nostrils above water, and they get that punch in the arm. But this is where the trade deadline is so, like, metaphysical, because it gives a team a punch in the arm. And we're waiting for Sale to come in and do that. Yeah. Will that be too late? I don't think it'll be too late, especially if they respond in more than a three or four game stretch. But, like, it's hard to be confident when you look at the starting pitching and you're like, okay, should have won that game, but, um, you know, who's going tomorrow night? Oh, Jesus. 
Okay. Is, um, well, Vivaldi's going on Friday. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think we've said it the whole the, all podcast, but it's the pitching. It's all going to come down to the pitching. Right now, at batting, you have some guys scuffling who like just aren't going to scuffle like this for weeks on end. They're 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 good. You know what I mean? I, I guess Bogart's a little concerning. He's talking about his wrist is bothering him. Um, that one might be a little bit concerning. And other than that, some of these guys who are scuffling are just going to they just happen to be scuffling at the same time. Yeah. Uh, it's but they've been scuffling since the road trip. Since they came out to Oakland and then down through Anaheim, they've been they, like they haven't really had the fairy dust since then. Yeah, but I think some of those guys. I don't think it was just all fairy dust. I think some of those guys are that good. I mean, look at Hunter Renfro is absolutely not scuffling right now. Hunter Renfro is apparently as good at baseball as he's been playing all year. The best part about Renfro is his splits after the pitchers started playing with the baseball. Yeah, he went. He went from like Hunter Renfro to like, oh wow, almost like right. the day after they started enforcing the the baseball doctrine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean that is that he, he's 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 good. Uh, I think Verdugo. He, he's not been in a group. Verdugo's going to come back from this. Oh, he just had, he's got two hits tonight, so that's yeah. a good thing. I mean, he, he's too good to, to play that bad for that long. JD can be, can be streaky. I, I, you know, Devers is just, I mean, absolutely, what, how much fun is Devers? He's, he's my favorite thing about the Red Sox right now. Um, just the pitching. I mean, it is very, I, I think that pitching is going to come back to haunt you. I'm not as optimistic about the pitching rebounding. Yeah, pitching doesn't get better over the course of a long season. Your bullpen doesn't get more rested, right? Uh, you just get more and more taxed. These arms are going to get more and more taxed, and if they're already not standing up right now, what are they going to look like in September? And you weren't fixing that at the trading deadline, right? Right, exactly. I mean, I think at the end of the day, as long Do you as you think that maybe they were looking at uh, Cassis on the Olympic team and thinking like, oh, maybe this is our, maybe this is our like. Uh, capable first baseman that we can plug in. Who cares if he doesn't hit? Dalbach's not hitting, but I mean, at least we got a better shot at it. Yeah, I mean, it is a little defeating to watch the Red Sox continually bring up these next guys who are going to be like it, and just they all struggle at the big league level. Chavis, this is Dalbach, Duran, all of these guys come up and they struggle. I, I don't know how many more Red Sox top prospects I can, uh, I can take coming up and hitting like 150. But like, it's, everybody struggles when they come up. It's yeah. just a matter of like what happens after your first three months in the league. Like Mookie struggled when he came up, you know. Like yeah. Dustin Pedroia, like got like one hit in a month, and then suddenly, you know, six months later, he's rookie of the year and MVP. Was it that same year? That's insane. Yeah, but anyway, um, different year. But um, he's not Fred Lynn. But <laughs> you know, they they all struggle, especially if you bring them up at the wrong time, except for, of course, Devers. I mean, Devers has become what he is now, but yeah. he and Bogarts didn't really struggle when they came up. But they came up at the right time before these pitchers had an opportunity to get a book on them and big at-bats. Well, also, Devers didn't hit 102, uh, 500 feet, which is a pretty good skill set to walk in. The, the most remarkable thing, and I could do a whole podcast on being in love with Raphael Devers, but nice. he was 20 when he came up. 
He was 20. He was doing, he, he is just, uh, I don't think we in Boston, I don't think Boston fans, fan base, appreciate Devers nearly as much as they should. Yeah, he's a total stud. I mean, but so, you know, again, we'll see. I mean, I, I definitely have faith in the process of, you know, there's no reason the Red Sox need to crater the way they do in between. You know, they got really lucky in 13. Again, talk about a team playing over its head. Every guy had a career year at the same time. You know, then they came in last place three out of four years in that window, right? And then they changed managers. They brought in Cora. They caught fire. And the next year, kind of, you know, the, the, the magic was gone, but they were competitive. And then, obviously, last, last year was a gosh darn joke. You know, and now they're kind of back. But, like, they don't need to with the money they make. They don't need to be all in every five years. They can do what Bloom's trying to do. But it is a little when – the, when the need is so clear between Rizzo and then some pitcher somewhere, somehow, in addition to Chris Sale, but you couldn't get him – you know, you just—it's just like, oh shit! Like this would be a good year to do this, and but it's hopefully the next three years will be good years to do this, right? We'll see. But um, where do you guys handicap? Yeah, they, Go ahead. They Take need it. to do what Bloom is trying to do. Yeah. I've been, I mean, I was screaming it about Dombrowski. You were, you were, for real. I want a sustainable yeah. winning machine. Yes. I'm tired of this up and down stuff. Yes. Because like winning the World Series is luck, but being in the mix every season. Is not correct, and, and, and you're going to build this team through free agent signings. You can, if you have a team like this that, that's playing like this right now, you, you can sign a couple of guys in, in the off season to keep playing at the club. True, you know, like you can address needs. You can go out and get a first baseman that you don't have to mortgage and trade, and you can you can bridge like this for a few years. You build up that that system. You have the right guys in the right places. Yeah. And then you're in a year like this, and you're doing what the Yankees did. Or you're doing what the Dodgers are able to do. Right. Guys, how desperate are the Yankees to try to be relevant? Isn't it weird from where we grew up? Yeah, it should have been the difference. They should have been sellers at the deadline, and instead they go out and get a bunch of guys that can contribute. And I'm just like, would you just die you guys are terrible like just go away and then of course now they're snagging the spotlight and they're winning games again and everybody gets overexcited when anything is interesting in new york and i'm tired of hearing about it totally yeah. good well said go ahead andrew it's, it's it's even like cuomo it's like when he was giving his like his uh press briefings during the beginning of covid it was like must see tv everyone's like oh my god it's just such a He's such a, he's got an accent. He's tough talking. You know, I'm like, you cry around the TV and listen to this, like, meathead bloviate about himself and how he's going to, like, fix things himself. And then now he's, you know, a total creep. And now everybody just rushes to the to the podium again to talk about it. And, you know, the New York City mayor and everybody talks about that. It's like, these guys, that city could not be farther from the center of, like, American cultural and, like, Interest like the only thing, the only people that love New York more than anything are people who live in New York. They just can't stop talking about it. Fair, fair. L- listen, I listen, and people might say that it's Boston that's got like the Napoleonic complex, uh, you know, over New York. Uh, and I guess sometimes the guy with the Napoleonic complex is right, you know, and the bigger guy does suck. 
<laughs> right, right, exactly. Well, the thing is, the Yankees have not. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I don't, you know, I'm not going to give the Yankees any time. Screw it. But I'm just saying. I think to your point, JJ, any other franchise at the deadline would have been sellers. But they're so desperate to get back to a World Series, let alone win one, because it has been what 12 years since they won one, which this is the 12th year. Yeah, pretty unfathomable. Hey, this is the weird thing, guys. They didn't go in the window. They didn't go all in before the season. Like they were like playing this like, like competitive balance tax juggling, you know, match. They were like trying to like figure out a way to thread the needle through, you know, signing the big free agent, but then like having like a severely flawed roster around yeah. them. Yeah. And and they, they were like they were really entertaining and the type of terrible that they were. And and they like go out and go over the tax, and I'm like, "What are you guys doing over there? You starting to look like the Red Sox that we grew up with, right? Jack Clark. I'm always scared of the Red Sox. I'm just always scared of them. You know? Yeah, you watch what they did to us for the first 24 years of our life, and that that scarring takes a while to get over. Hundred percent. But I mean, I, I just don't. I, they, uh, at this point, I, the Yankees are not a well-run organization. I don't think they have a long. I, I, I think their their vision is is, is in different places. Um, you know, they they don't they don't have a long. They, I don't think they're well run. Well, I mean, they talking? scare me, yeah, because it's the Yankees. But sure, it's the mystique. That team's not winning the World Series. Speaking of teams they're that, not, that are not. well run, I mean, so how, do you guys think that the Rays keep this smartest guys in the room thing going for another five, six, ten years, or do you think? Now that people are starting to pick them off because they're the genius team, are the Rays eventually going back into the toilet? I mean, because obviously the payroll is always going to be low. Oh, just die. Oh, my God. That team just needs to cease to exist. They need to move the whole franchise to Montreal. That'd be cool. I'm just, I can't give the Tampa Bay Devil Rays <laughs> any more focus than I'm forced to because that franchise, uh, the stadium – the way that they uh, go about their business, the way their fans do not support them, I just—it's just—they're—they're an affront to baseball. JJ, I remember a pod we probably did four years ago where we were putting a moratorium on the Red Sox and the Rays were good, and you literally were like, "I hate the Devil Rays," and the way you said it was both funny and so serious at the same time. It, was, it still sticks in my head. Let me ask you another question. Another question, fellas. So, who's the scariest team in baseball right now? Who do you think, gun to your head, wins the World Series, or like, or like, is the I don't know who 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 are you most scared of in the AL and the NL? Andrew, I'll go with you first. Uh, in the NL, I mean, it's the Dodgers. The Do- it, it's the Dodgers, right? That that's the easy answer. Um, that that's where my head says. That's what my gut says. My heart wants the Dodgers. Cool. Okay. Uh, AL. In in the AL. Uh, the scariest team is the Astros. Mm, interesting. Uh, I, I mean, they didn't do any. They didn't do much at the. They didn't do much at the trade deadline. But I, I don't think that's like. I, I think that's they don't need to. Got it. I, I think they are a that team like they did last year. That team gets in the playoffs. They can go on. They can go on a run. Yeah. Um, and I know they're minus a, a lot of guys, but I. It, there's something about the Astros that scares me. Got it, JJ. Um, what do, JJ, what do you got for the NL? Who's your, you think the Dodgers are the scariest team? Yeah, I mean they just they, they've been scuffling, and they're still you know 
like 10 games over 500 and they've scored 150 plus runs more than everybody else. And they just added Max Scherzer mm-hmm. and along with, you know, like they, they just, they totally loaded up. And this is like what it's our experience should be looking at as our potential future down the line. If we play our cards, right. We can be the team that gets all the great players at the trade deadline when we need them to go over the top without killing ourselves. But I think it's gotta be the Dodgers. I don't know why on earth your heart is with the uh, San Diego Padres. I can't even like wrap my head around that. But um, I, you know what? It's watching them hate the Dodgers. It's watching that rivalry, and I just want to pick a side in that rivalry. Even though Mookie's on the Dodgers, they it's want not to a real you. rivalry though. Like, I want to pick a, an opponent, pick the Giants. Like, at least the Giants fans show up and, and, and ride the Dodgers' ass. Padres fans are like. They make Dodger fans' stereotypes look like, you know, just much less. They, they're just rolling in like, hey, my God, there's a baseball game. This is awesome. <laughs> listen, listen, forget the fan base. I, in the Padres, I, I, I want to pick the guy in the back of the bar that's running his mouth that is just being loud and obnoxious and, and unlikable, and that's good for baseball. Um, and if baseball needs characters and baseball needs teams like that that aren't the Astros that you root against because they're cheaters. Fair. Like, I, that I agree with the Astros take. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. The, yeah. I hate Manny Machado. By the way, how much does it suck that the Astros are good again? Like, but look, if the Red Sox aren't going to make it, you know, past a round or two this year. We all need to be rooting for the Astros and Dodgers to have a World Series. One more time, yeah. One more time, absolutely. If you saw any of the um, any of the the footage from the, the most recent series in LA, I mean, they put like fifty nine thousand people in a fifty eight thousand stadium, and I mean, it was like it, it, they almost crossed the line somehow in how much they ragged on these guys. There were fights in the stands. Like it was like it was real. As much as we think that we got robbed by the Astros that year, as much as the Yankee fans like to say that they got robbed, we all know the Yankees weren't good enough that year. The Dodgers fans believe in their heart that they had that World Series stolen from them, and they're probably right. And they didn't get a chance. They haven't had a chance to get it out of their system, right? You know, yeah. And now they got a regular season series. And they, they let it out. And I'll tell you one thing, the interest in baseball, if they get to do a rematch of that thing, that will be good for the game. That's true. Uh, well, because you know what bring playoff, These playoffs have so many storylines that could just be absolutely yeah, just great. I, I mean, this could be, uh, this is shaping up to be a very, not just for the Red Sox, this is shaping up overall baseball year as a, as a awesome baseball year. Yeah. And I was in, in years. This is what you needed coming back from 2020. Correct, and I was going to say all these teams in it, all of these like the Dodgers putting together a, 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 a super team. Yeah, the Yankees might have should have been sellers, but they fought. And, and I love get that. I love it. I love everything. I love the Doctor Baseball thing. That was a really fun little diversion mm-hmm. during a, a low part of the season when you got like managers calling managers out and players calling managers out, and like well, the guys are on the. Yeah, on the base pass, getting their 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 groins checked for you know sap. And yeah. Like, and well, you see like all the players that just took a nosedive, and, uh, and then you, it, it revives the middle class of the the baseball um, 
you know, this is the problem with baseball is that the middle class has really struggled and that these guys mm-hmm. that are we used to be pretty good hitters are suddenly just like they're not really getting paid very well. They don't have a lot of free agency um, opportunities and their stats don't really back up the opportunities that they should be getting. And then suddenly you realize that all these guys are putting the spin rate that we've been hearing about is fake. Mm-hmm. And, and these guys like a Hunter Renfro can suddenly contribute at a higher level and it increases the you know ability of baseball players to hit the ball and it was it getting bad and people like it was, that it was and like you you don't don't forget hunter renfro is a first round pick this is not like some reclamation project that nobody ever thought had a future and the red sox just stumbled upon i mean hunter renfro was a first round pick that was just not hitting consistently in, in major league baseball and, and what sport wants all of its first round batters to, like you know to, to not be able to put it together? Right, it was devastating. The sport. Yeah, well, I think it's strikeouts and home runs are yeah. not enough to carry this game. The games were getting really boring, and they instantly got more interesting. Yeah, people want doubles. People want triples occasionally. People want you know that's the stuff we like. And back to the character part. I mean. Baseball is an individual sport. Max grading is a team sport. So why did we put a muzzle on all these guys? Because we did that 150 years ago. It's to your point. Give me characters because it's like at UFC, the, 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 the sizzle sells the fight regardless of the skill. Yeah. I mean, to quote either Tom Glavin or Greg Maddox. Chicks the long ball. The long ball. Yeah. But you know what? That, that doesn't work as an entire basis for a sport. Yeah, it's not a strategy for it's the whole thing. It's great for batting practice. It makes for the best sports center commercial of all time. But as a 162-game sport, it wasn't working. Fair. Very fair. Yeah, but a great commercial nonetheless. All right, fellas, we are at the 40-ish minute mark. And, uh, you know, that's why we, we got to keep it fresh around here if we can watch it. So... Predictions, Sox going to the playoffs, fellas. You feel good about them making their way back to the postseason? Yes. Even if it's just a I mean, I think worst-case scenario right now, they're in that one-game playoff playoff to play their way in. Okay. JJ? Yeah, I think that we're going to get – we're going to get at least, like, two weeks of, like, feeling real good about this when Sale comes back. And uh, I think they're they're definitely a wild-card team. But um, I also am mentally stealing myself for them to just, like, fall out of the picture. And uh, us to have to tolerate people calling the season a failure even though they win 92 games. Correct. So everybody who's listening, keep that perspective. This is a team that was last place with a bullet last year. This is a team that, you know, the worst of first thing, I know we've done it before a couple times here in Boston in the last decade, but – you know what? You want to you make the money, you have the revenue, you have the fan base to not have to do that. So if it takes an extra two years to do it the right way, instead of the Dombrowski implosion method, we got to stick with it. We got to yeah. feel good about ninety two wins or even eighty nine wins or whatever. I mean, anytime you're over five hundred is not bad, especially if you tanked the year before. Okay, so fellas, stick around. Thanks for being on, everybody. At Man Cook Good, Jeremy's got pizza night coming up tonight. You want to see that? Filibuster Freestyle, rate, review, subscribe if you feel like it. We would appreciate it, especially if it's good news. JJ, thanks for being on. Yeah, thank you. No doubt. Andrew Patterson, thanks for being on, brother. Always, always. All right, fellas. We'll talk to you later, everybody else. In the words of Cindy Harrington, bye.